0: Welcome back, podcast listeners, episode 70. I'm here with Tony today. Now, please excuse the sniffling. Um, he's just tried to get some cosmetics done. He tells me it's not cosmetics, but I, I think he was just trying to get a little nose job done. But Tony, you're out of surgery um, and you're not sounding too bad.
1: Uh, Panadol 40 is quite amazing. So <laughs> it's, uh, so it's, uh, no, I was, I was lucky it was just a nose. Didn't he dare have anything done to the tongue or throat? Uh, so from that perspective, it's just, uh, the biggest issue is you just can't sleep at night and without sounding horrible, but you you can't blow your nose either. So you, you constantly got little trickles of blood coming out of your nostrils and, and blood clots that you're trying to sportsman wise, you know what it's like Jamie, trying to snort it back and spit it up. And so it's, uh, it's, it's too uncomfortable, but I've got a few more days of uncomfortable sleeps and then, uh, you know, and then basically a lifetime, of being able to breathe through my nose, which apparently is a really good thing. Oh, that is good to
0: hear and I, uh maybe something i like to get done, but I might get a bit of a nip and tuck if things.
1: Well, they, they didn't shorten it in any way, but you, you can see through the camera that I actually have a, a right nostril now, whereas only had about 25% of a right nostril previously. So it's, right. uh, they had to take the bone out. So it's um not required, oh, apparently.
0: Not required. Well, it's good to see you are recovering well and
1: I'm a lot quicker than I thought. So that's great. They're a lot quicker than I thought too. So it's... um yeah, as I said, struggling on about four hours sleep a night, but that's about it at the moment. So eventually I'll get back to my normal seven.
0: So today, look, we'll, we'll take a pause from our little mini series um, and we'll have one with just you and I again, but had some great uh, meetings this week. So some exciting stuff coming up.
1: Um, very exciting stuff. So I, was, I was very happy reading through the, your meeting notes. Uh, yeah, some really exciting stuff for our, for our clients coming up in the near future.
0: So look, today um, it's an interesting one. So we thought we'd touch base. I guess the big news is constructions sort of slowing down to a pilot light, and you know I've definitely been hearing from some people, and you know there's definitely times where people are being put off um, and they've been reduced. So you know it's happening, it's reality, Um, and so we thought we'd sort of talk about the future and and um, sorry, property. Um, and what that future may hold, you know, we've had a lot of inquiries come in from clients, is it the right time to buy, is it the right time to sell, um, a lot of sort of unknown out there. But I, I want to get your thoughts, Tony, on how are you seeing the property market?
1: Um, I find it really interesting. So when watching Dan Andrews the other afternoon on the COVID update and he said he's putting the property um, construction to pilot light. The, you know, the, he did state, and rightfully so, that the construction industry is the lifeblood of the Victorian economy. Um, you know, I, I have my theories on, has it been, you know, this all these extra COVID testing been due to a lot of the positive tests that have been on building sites? So... Um, listen, all that aside, uh, you know, what we're facing right now is what we're facing. And more more importantly, what we have to do on behalf of our clients is look at what the next 12 to 18 months looks like um, and, you know, uh, what is potentially going to happen in a worst case scenario. And we're talking more here about your owner occupiers or your people who are looking purchasing their principal place of residence yep. more so than uh somebody who is um you know looking at buying an investment property so we're talking the price range realistically of your you know out of suburbs eight hundred thousand plus up to around about your one and a half million uh that sort of price range so we're not talking your two and a half million dollar plus homes uh even yep. though there's going to be a lot of mortgage stress there and we're certainly not talking your high end there's it's very rare that somebody buys a $10 million house with a massive mortgage attached to it. So they can usually afford it if they, you know, they actually own it. Not, not quite stressing
0: themselves. But look, and that's why we do have experts around us. Um, you know, we've had Rob on here. and It's good to have people that know the market in there. Um, yeah. We thought we'd just talk on a few areas. I guess, you know, big thing for Victoria right now, and I guess Australia, um, Victoria may be behind it, but is the unemployment rate.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, we are going to look at about 10% unemployment now. We also know that um, all jibes aside at coffee houses around the country, we know Melbourne definitely has the best coffee in Australia, if not, you know, one of the best coffee places in the world. But we also have an entire uh, population that do love entertaining and going out. So you know you have the property developer Tim Gurner a couple of years ago and Bernard Salt the who writes for the Age who got lambasted over their um, comments on you know the uh, poached eggs and avocado on toast to be able yep. to afford to buy a property, but realistically we do have a culture here that does love going out and does love entertaining, you know, so it's um, we, we all know that I've paid off probably a few cafe owners mortgages in my time. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do enjoy going out. And so when you have a look at the 10% unemployment rate, uh, that that is huge. And when you've got, you know, um, a huge chunk of the economy uh, losing their jobs, you have to take into that, okay, is what doesn't get recorded in those numbers because there are a lot of people who are losing their jobs in hospitality who, you know, are working as, you know, a waitress at university cafe who might be earning 25, $30,000 a year. Some of that's cash in hand. They're not your homeowners. A lot of them are, you know, uh, who come and live here um, in Australia, university been students. here a couple of years. Yeah. University students and things like that. So, so I'm not necessarily talking about them for them. Uh, they're going to suffer. Certainly the economy will suffer. The federal economy will suffer in respect to them going on social security. But I think there's going to be a lot of strain uh, in respect to the economy uh, because a lot of these people who there is full employment, you know, you, you can go and do a university degree and earn more as a barista. Uh, here in Australia, you know, or certainly in Melbourne at times, you know. So it's, when when you consider that, um, now, the what's going to happen is if disposable income is down, you're going to have a lot of these, the people are going to change their way. I can't wait to get back to my, my normal routines. You know, I'm a creature of habit. Um, and I have had found a few good, you know, restaurants and cafes around our new offices, which we can't work out of again no no so I, I think that when you have a look at those unemployment it the figures that aren't recorded in the hard fast black and white numbers are the ones that i'm more concerned about so you want me to touch on those
0: yeah could exactly,
1: okay. So that we all know about businesses going out of business, having to close the doors. You've got, it's a whirlwind effect because if that business might be a successful cafe owner, uh, they've got a mortgage, they've got a couple of young kids, they've mortgaged their house to be able to buy the cafe and they were doing really well for themselves. Now all of a sudden their cafe is closed. They've got a landlord that they've signed a lease with. Now we've had Darren Marks from Rigby Cook, property lawyer uh, who we use at Rigby Cook, uh, speak about this previously but they've got an issue now where they've got a landlord who in some cases that's their reti- their rent they get is their retirement fund yeah. so all of a sudden that cafe on Ligon Street etc is not paying them you know $20,000 a month in rent um, and so they've, they've turned around and they've said well we need to get something because we can't have an empty shell here and if you go down to the Glenferry Road here in Kew the amount of you know for lease signs is uh quite horrific at the moment and of course that's been bridge road richmond for quite some time as well um so you know so cafes going in and out of business so
0: i even noticed down in queens parade there'd been a lot more especially there's a few addresses now with the felice and um,
1: yeah the- yep. Yeah. And so you have a look at these businesses, Jamie, and they've spent a couple hundred grand in setting them up. They've they've bought out an existing business. They've spent a couple hundred grand. They're getting their marketing happening. They've got a good clientele base. They're working on improving and, and making money. And they were, you know, so they, they actually were. But now all of a sudden they've been put under mortgage stress. The landlord is going to get to the stage and say, well, guys, Uh, you either have to start coming back in here or we're keeping the bond and keeping all the, everything you've put into this business. And we're releasing it. Um, And then you have the other situation of, I've got a couple of dogs here, Jamie, that are about to go for a walk. I hope they don't start barking at the (laughs) mailman. The
0: joys joys of the home office.
1: Yeah, isn't it wonderful? So so what we then have is, um, what we then have is, um of course they've got a mortgage they've got those couple of kids the landlord's going to put pressure on them they're going to have to walk away they've borrowed money against their house to buy this they've been put on mortgage relief that i think the banks have stepped up amazingly well even dan andrew said that the other day and i know he despises the banks yeah
0: he, uh, he despises the banks before he said it but that yeah that's right okay. so <laughs> it's um
1: but basically what you then have is they've been put on mortgage relief for this six month period, all their employees are on JobKeeper, uh, you know, so that's, going, that's extended, but reduced um, as of September. So basically what's going to happen is it's going to get to the stage where the bank are going to say, we need you to start making repayments. Okay. So, but it's not just the self-employed people, which is a big part of the uh, Victorian economy. You've also got um, professional services, so these are things like your large accounting firms, uh, bank executives, um, your large manufacturing companies, your large law firms and things like that. So these, these are the scenarios that you have where it's a case of that people aren't looking at that at the moment, but your lawyer in a professional law firm and a successful law firm, a partner you know, might be earning $400,000 plus a year. Their lifestyle is based on those earnings. They've got their kids in the private schools. They've got a mortgage, you know, which is uh, commensurate to what their earnings are. All of a sudden, they've been put on 50% drawings. Uh, all of a sudden you have groups like Deloitte, which have let go of 400 professional service employees. These are people not earning $50,000 a year. These are people earning $200,000 plus a year. They've just let go of 400 of them. So on that basis, you then say, okay, what is, I'm sorry, I'm just got a dog walking in and out. <laughs> so Basically you have the next part is, these are the people who are now out of work, they're the ones with the $1.5 million house out in the burbs uh, that have a million-dollar mortgage that were supporting them with no issues, yep. and all of a sudden, they can't find jobs. And if they do find another job, it's not going to be on their 200000 a year. And then you also have other professional services firms like the big four accounting firms, the, uh, the big, the big uh, legal firms, et cetera, that have cut their wages for their normal staff to 70%. When things go back to normal, their wages aren't going back up all, no. to, all of a sudden. So it's, it's, so it's going to be that basis of that. When you look at this scenario, these people are not going to be able to afford to keep their houses because they're not going to afford to be able to keep mortgage repayments. A lot of them, if they're not already on interest only, are going to try and move their loans to interest only. The banks aren't going to let them do that if they have no money coming in, if they don't have a job. Yeah. So, so based on that, there is going to be a hell of a lot of mortgage stress. And with that mortgage stress means that a lot of people are going to be forced to sell their homes. So if you go back to that cafe owner, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot on this and be passionate about it. But if you, um, if you go back to that cafe owner, they borrowed 200 grand against the equity in their home. Their homes worth a million bucks. They had uh, 350 grand equity in their home. Um, Their house is worth a million bucks. They've borrowed 200000 against that to, to do the restaurant up or cafe up to what they wanted uh, and to buy that cafe at the same time. They're now earning no income. They've got no way of uh, refurbishing uh, or repaying, making those repayments. You've got both the, the spouses or husband and wife or partners working in the cafe because it was their dream yep. uh, to do that. They've basically lost two lots of income right now you've got you've got them seriously running around, look, one of them at least looking for a job right now in an economy that we've got 10% unemployment, people aren't hiring, we are.
0: And even, than, even that employment rate, that's sort of not including JobKeeper and you know, the amount
1: correct. of income after that. Um, that's yeah. exactly right. So, so what you now have is that cafe owner is all of a sudden gonna be forced to sell the home. If we see an abundance of properties over a 12 month period, Start coming on the market, which could happen as of this Christmas, and all sort of price within that price range of the eight hundred thousand up to about one point five to you know two million dollars. If you got an abundance of properties coming on and you don't have the people there lining up to buy, because it's not as if we have a plethora of people holding on to cash to buy properties right now. That of course is going to bring property prices down. So that house that they got valued at a million dollars by the bank two years ago or even a year ago, might now be on the market and they might only get eight hundred and fifty for that. Yeah. That clears their debt with the bank and they might be left with thirty or forty thousand dollars and they've just lost their business. So that's what could potentially happen because the bank is going to get to the stage and they're going to say, "Guys, you need to start making repayments, or you can't just
0: keep putting interest on top of your loan and
1: keep." Paying. Correct. Exactly right. So, so there's a couple of scenarios here, and that is that you've got, and I am specifically talking about your principal place of residence um, or purchasing a new principal place of residence. So I'm not talking about the investment property market. We well, um,
0: still see in that investment property market, though, you're still going to see things come for sale, um, especially you clear them to get cash.
1: Uh, listen, I think I think the investment property market is still going to do okay. In actual fact, you know, there could be a bit of a boom in respect to renting out properties in the near future because that cafe owner, they're not going to buy another property. They're going to have to rent. Yeah. Uh, so you could actually see a bit of a boom where you see, you know, a three bedroom home for rent uh, out in Northcote as an example might end up getting an extra, you know, two or three grand a year in rent. Uh, just based on the demand. If all of a sudden you have, uh, you know, people looking at renting that house, the apartment market, uh, you've still got the young millennials who, uh, you know, so up to the age of 35, who were looking at saving for a job. Their income has now dropped from, you know, $150,000 down to $100,000. They're going to still be renting as well. Uh, So you could actually see that. And you do have a shift obviously towards, uh, you know, so I'm not talking about buying an apartment out in Montana or anything like that. No offense to no that suburb, but that's where you buy your principal place of residence, not to buy a you know, $350,000 apartment. Yeah. Uh, but based on that, you've still got, I think the rental market will actually increase. I think the demands for rent will actually increase because there'll be more people who are looking to rent. I think people will, if they can walk away from selling their house with a few dollars in their pocket and actually, but potentially still be out of work, they're going to find it hard to rent. So I think that what we're going to find is the flow on effect of this. And I'm just purely talking about the property market. The flow on effect could be felt for about three years and the flow on effect in Victoria to these people losing their businesses could actually be felt intergenerational. So, you know, if you if you think all of a sudden that, you have to pull your kids out of schools, you have to, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of, you know, mental illness and mental health issues that come from this as well. Uh, changing a kid's lifestyle is quite dramatic, and especially if it's uh, changing their lifestyle for the downward, and we see that in children from broken marriages as an example, that's just a change of lifestyle. Um, we do know the financial stress does put, um, you know, pressure on uh, marriages and relationships as well. So I think there's there's a, there's a lot of scenarios here that we're facing, not just loss of money and properties becoming cheaper. Um, I think there's there's a lot of potential intergenerational um, problems that could occur that you could see for you know a decade or so to come as well.
0: So with clients right now, I guess what are we doing in the in the property space? Um, I was just oh, talking yeah. to Rob the other day. and there's still some clients looking for that principal place of residence and he just said there's, there's, the stock isn't there. So, you know, our clients aren't buying because the the, the right stock isn't there right
1: now. Well, because people are refusing to put their properties on the market right now. Uh, So it's not as if they don't want to, but, you know, you're not going to put your property on the market today when there's not too many buyers out there. And you can't Uh, get through at the right times. Correct. So, I mean, you can go and do a virtual tour on a property, but you need to go in and touch and feel and smell you those. Know? So it's uh you know, so anyone who just goes and buys a one and a half million dollar property on a virtual tour, <laughs> tour, they got, they got too much money. So, it's, uh, you know, so I think, I think the, the scenarios where like I was speaking to one of our uh really successful clients, great friend of mine uh last week. And I said to him, have you spoken to the bank about putting your, uh, you know, your mortgage on mortgage relief right now. And he said, no, no, I'm fine financially. And I said, still do it. Uh, I said, the reason why I still want you to do it is because his business has taken a hit. He's got 40 people on JobKeeper right now. Financially, he can still make his commitments. But the reason why I've actually asked him to put his mortgage in hold for six months is for the simple reason that for him, cash flow is king. And all of a sudden, if six months times he finds things haven't improved and his cash flow is still really tight all of a sudden at that stage you might need to do it. So if he can save 30 or $40,000 in principal repayments over the next few months. So uh, you'd, still, you'd still have it on interest only though, correct? Oh, absolutely. And there's, there's, there's no harm in him actually going, uh, he doesn't have to go and spend that money and buy another car or anything like that. He's still just, but what he's doing is actually holding on to his cash for the time being moving forward. So I, I, think, I think also too that all of our clients right now, they should have us looking at their loans. You know, yep. if, if they're employed and they're still employed and they can move their loans right now to a really competitive interest only I mean, you can get interest only on a uh, principal place of residence, I think still under 3% um, at the moment. So, you know, so look at actually uh, doing that um, and transferring your loan to a, yep. it. It's, it's quite, I still find it quite funny how a lot of people can be still paying, you know, nearly 4% on the home loans uh, because it's too hard to go. I mean, go go and speak to lisa who we work with and, i was, and was get gonna it. say our broker
0: makes life easy um and just helping yeah. out to get the information you, and it doesn't you, it
1: actually doesn't cost you any more money with the bank no. No, so <laughs> it's um yeah so so on that basis it's i mean i've always been a big advocate for brokers as you know yeah. but i think that um from from that perspective you know get it reviewed now especially whilst you do have a job and whilst you do have an income coming, get it reviewed. Now, you can put a loan to interest only. It doesn't mean you have to pay interest only. You can still have money sitting in an offset account. You can still have money, you know, sitting in there. So if you can still make those repayments or even more repayments, all you're doing is giving yourself a cash buffer. Yep. Uh, so if times do get hard in the future. But, you know, at, at every, every, every great opportunity starts from a hard time as well, Jamie. So uh, there are going to be people, though, who have mortgaged themselves up to the hilt on low interest rates thinking that you know these these times will never change and you might remember the talk we gave in Chicago a couple years back and I did say one of the biggest fears I have for Australia is you know 29 years without a recession um this this is going to go into a depression for us but you know 29 years without a recession people haven't really understood what hard times are and they've gone and hocked themselves to the hilt and you know once again if you've got a kid in year eleven or something like that and all of a sudden you have to take them out of a school a private school that they've been in for you know ten years and you know at this time of their life it's not an easy change for them but if you have to do that because you're trying to hold on your house that's that's a massive strain as well so you know, we've seen it all around. So I, I'm, I'm seriously concerned. Uh, the Victorian economy is going to do it harder than I think the rest of Australia. I think good opportunities are going to come out of this, but I think you are going to see a plethora uh, of properties on the market uh, probably come around about Christmas time and for about a 12 to 18 month period. And as I said, you know, your house prices are not going to go like what happened in the GFC in the US not going to drop from a million dollars to 250 grand. But that house that was valued at a million dollars a year ago, uh, you might only be able to sell it for about 850, you know, in six months time. Uh, Once again, we'll see what happens. You know, everyone could get all their jobs back and uh, everyone drink five times the amount of coffee. You know, I've, I've I've certainly been spending far less since I've been in lockdown. There's no doubt in that. So it's a, you know, so it's uh, but so there are going to be people who are going to be spending. There's there's no doubt, and even in in you know my dreams and aspirations, I have put down my holidays that I want for next year. They might be around Australia rather than around. I was going to say
0: you might be might be might be staying domestic on those ones. Hopefully, yeah. I,
1: you know, I think I might finally go and do that week with the Aboriginal community in the Northern Territory uh, that I've always spoken about, and actually spending a week out in the bush. You know, usually <laughs> if I <laughs> yeah, Wait, there's no five-star resorts out there, Tony. I oh, you know I love sleeping under five stars, usually called the Sheraton, but you know, it's uh, happily sleep under the Milky Way as well. You know, it's um, <laughs> they get, get, rub a bit of dirt on me. But mm. I, I think in regards to this in the property market, Jamie, I am seriously concerned. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned for landlords who need this money to live and to make repayments. I'm concerned, uh, you know, for commercial landlords. I've always had an um, avoidance of commercial property, as you know, i concerned for the small business owners who put their blood, sweat and tears and, uh, you know, work 15 hours a day uh, to earn as much as sometimes what they pay their staff members. There's no cash economy anymore. We're touch and go. Um, so, you know, it, it is, it is a concern over the next 18 months, but I think when we do come through this, we'll, um, you know, you will find a, a decade of abundance again. So we do actually have, You know, we we are the lucky country for a reason. Um, And I think we do have a lot of nows right now to be able to get through this and to be able to work our way through it again.
0: Tony, thank you for your time today. You've done well with uh, your breathing and and getting the words out. So I appreciate that.
1: Um, And we have some exciting stuff coming up. Thanks, Jamie. And I'll speak to you soon. See you, See ya.